When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If there's one player who popped up seemingly out of nowhere in the summer of 2022 who got virtually no appreciation for it, nor any real projections toward what he could mean for the franchise, it's Yeri De Los Santos, and I am here to do my tiny part to address this. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into Football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Delos Santos came up fairly early in the season. He was throwing bullets. He's 24 years old. Uh, he had all kinds of poise that he was exuding on the mound. No one really knew who he was or where he came from. And... I heard from Rene Gallo, who was the Pirates' former Latin American scouting director, who let me know who it was, since it was Rene who signed him out of the Dominican Republic many, many years ago. These players get signed when they're 16 years old as free agents, which is crazy. But he gave me some background on his pitching. He also gave me some background on his character. And sure enough, as the season went along and Delos Santos pitched well, I thought, in 26 appearances, a 1.28 whip, that's walks and hits per inning pitched, 26 strikeouts against 11 walks, and in the more intangible sense, gravitated gradually toward the back end of the bullpen. There really wasn't ever a, a true setup guy. Uh, for David Bednar, back when Bednar was healthy, at least not uh, after Chris Stratton was moved out. But Delos Santos probably would have been that guy had he not gotten hurt and he was shut down for the final several weeks of the season. But here's the interesting part. Even after Delos Santos was shut down, the team still took him everywhere. He was on the charter flights to the road trips. He was sitting there in the clubhouse. Uh, he was doing his work in uniform. And more than anything, he was holding court. He's become kind of the leader of the Latin American section of this team. You might wonder what that means, especially if you're new to the sport. And I'm happy to explain. Ever since... Latin Americans broke into baseball in a big way, even though they're expected to be as much a part of the team as anyone else and vice versa, they always have their own little clique. They get together and they talk about their own stuff and they talk in their native language. It's part of baseball. Well, Delos Santos seemed like he was going to become that guy even before Jose Quintana was traded. And then once Quintana was traded, 
he became that guy. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So what's all this mean, you're wondering? What's the significance of this? Is Are the subjects already so barren in the offseason that we're talking about which Latin American player brings people around him? Give me a shot at this before you slam the phone down on me. Whenever the Pirates made their last playoff run, In the year or two before that, what really hurt the team was that Ronnie Cedeno was that guy in the clubhouse. Now, I can tell you that Cedeno is like the nicest man on earth, Uh, always a smile, always a pleasant word and everything else here. But there was a sense in that clubhouse that Ronnie wasn't all that into winning. He was there for the paycheck, for the major league lifestyle and everything else. And the concern had become among the leaders in the room, and it wasn't just A.J. Burnett, contrary to popular narratives. That team had a ton of leadership on it and a ton of guts. And those guys expressed some concerns about that. And that ended up being uh, addressed indirectly, not intentionally, by the acquisition of Francisco Liriano. When Frankie came in, Frankie became that leader guy. And I am not just talking about the Latin Americans. This is why I get a little antsy when somebody you might have detected earlier brings up AJ as if AJ, because he once yelled at Hanley Ramirez to go sit the F down, that AJ was the unquestioned leader of the team. And they had leaders all over the place, that group. But specifically in this scenario, when Frankie came in, And he was able to be the guy for the Latin American players that they had. There was a greater unity in the clubhouse. There was a greater sense of purpose and dedication and commonality to what it is that they wanted to do. You can roll your eyes at it if you choose. The people who subscribe only to advanced analytics and that sort of thing can roll their eyes if they choose. I am telling you that what I'm describing here is really, really, really important to the people who actually participate in the game. And it's not like their voices don't count. Yeri's got a voice in this room. He and I had a talk about this after the final game at PNC Park when he again was still sitting there at his clubhouse stall, still available to anybody who wanted to talk. And when I mentioned to him that 2023 was going to be a really big year, not only for this team, but also for him and Bednar, he had the biggest, broadest smile. This kid's part of this, and he probably shouldn't be omitted whenever people talk about this franchise's future. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q 
two comes from Ethan Early, who asks, So, DK, are we just giving up on Travis Swaggerty? I don't think he was even here for a week. And I've heard nothing about him since. You know, actually, Ethan, now that you mention it, I think they kind of have. I don't know how else to explain that you get into September and you have some moves that are available to you, not as many as in the past. And you still saw more of the waiver stuff going on. And you didn't really see or hear from any of them about Swaggerty. This is a former first-round pick. Not theirs, but somebody's. Now, Swaggerty was, as you reference, in the majors for five games. He had nine plate appearances, did get his first major league hit, struck out four times. That doesn't mean anything. That's not fair to the kid to even cite it. Now, his AAA numbers, that is fair game. With Indianapolis this year, he had 458 plate appearances, nine homers, which isn't going to excite anybody in the homer happy era, 15 doubles, eight triples, slashed 254 with a 348 on base percentage and a 400 slugging. I don't know. You know, what do you say about him? What, what is it that they don't like? Because he's 25 years old, and you got to find out whether he can do something for you or not. And let's remember that whenever we're doing our, you know, big fake lineups for 2023, like the one that I offered yesterday, there's a corner outfield spot available for a young player that I'm actually hoping the Pirates don't plug with a veteran, because I'd rather see one of them, whether it's Tucapita, Marcano, Cal Mitchell. Uh, I, I mean, there's a whole list of them at this point. Diego Castillo, Hoy Park, and Travis Swaggerty is in there. Or I thought he was. I really don't have an answer uh, on this. Uh, I thought he was going to be one of the guys who came back up in September, but they clearly didn't feel that there was any urgency to see more of him in the bigs than the nine plate appearances that he got. And again, I don't mean to make this sound as if it's some kind of grave injustice. If he was going to make it to the majors, there's a way, and that's to hit your way. That's to be definitive. You know, take the bull by the horns and force your way. I was wondering what they were doing with Jihuan Bay all summer long, keeping him in Indianapolis. Uh, and and thinking they're just going to bury him, and then he came up at the end of the season. Why? Because he forced his way. He hit his way up. He made it something that they couldn't prevent, you know? And he gets to Pittsburgh, and he keeps right on hitting and stealing bases and catching the ball and everything else. So is Swaggerty an exciting prospect? No, he's never been an exciting prospect. Uh, Is he someone who could become a reliable, dependable, this or that? Yeah, maybe. But is that somebody that you really need to be protecting? I don't know. I don't have an answer here. I am glad that you brought it up, though, because one point that I really like to make occasionally on this program is that I don't have all of the answers, and I don't ever pretend to. Uh, I do intend to ask about Swaggerty. I do intend to find out more about him and the season that he had and what it is that they think of him. 
But for right now, that's just kind of a like a, a little bit of a head scratcher, although, again, not in some controversial way. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. I'll try to do better tomorrow. Ha, <laughs> ha,